0: Welcome back to the How Can You podcast, where we dive deep into the minds of entrepreneurs, figure out how they got where they are today, so then you could hopefully do the same thing. So today I'm here with Kwa. Um Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name's Kwa.
1: Uh 26 years old, just living in Bali, been traveling around the world for the last two, two and a half years. I uh, lived in Norway, Amsterdam, Madrid, Mexico, Australia, yeah, all a bunch of different other places as well. So
0: Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, the initial show. So I kind of want to start with your early days. So I find there's a pattern with most entrepreneurs that something is different about the early days than the regular people we can call it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you want to tell me about your childhood, your upbringing? And yeah.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Um, do you want to go into professional or you want to go into childhood stuff? I think child, childhood stuff that made you who you are, that made you take a different route, everything. Interesting, interesting. Um, So for me personally, actually, this is a very recent insight that I found out about. That's for me personally, I'm a very uh, spiritual first, first, meaning for all of us, actually, all of us have it, right? Like all of us have have this like quiet voice within us. Like there's a quiet whisper. Like, and it's not, it's not ego. And what I mean by not ego is ego and Just the the flesh and the human condition, like it's very loud, right? Right. Our emotions are like this.
0: Mm.
1: But if you listen quietly, there's this voice, there's this consistent still voice that just never goes away. And it says the same thing over and over again, right? It's the same thing. It's the same voice. And for me, I I recognize that I had that when I was like seven years old, just like the movies that I, um, you know, Like, I actually like the movie, like, Spirit, like, these these are, like, animation movies, like, Mm -hmm. the Day, obviously, I'm seven, right? Like, the movie Spirit, like, the movie Cars, et cetera, et cetera. Um, very, you know, obviously very animated, very childhood movies, but the, the point was the values within it, right? Like, the values that those movies up, upheld for me at the time were, were, um, essentially predicting my life, right? Actually, so a really good example is if you know, if you think about your favorite, uh, your favorite movie, right? Like, if you guys think about your favorite movies, what you realize is probably like eight or nine times out of ten, the reason why you like it is because you resonate with the main character. Like, you resonate deeply with the main character, but then there's a why. Mm. Often our lives play out the way that the movie plays out. I not fucking know that. I didn't know that at the time, right? So for me uh, to answer your question, how did I like? How was my childhood? It was exactly like that movie, cause like it was a like I don't know if have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I remember the plot too much, but yeah. So basically, in the first movie, it was if it was a super rookie who everything was just easy, and then and then he hit challenges later on in life, right? Um, my life actually was very similar in terms of. So some people have like rag to riches stories. Like, you know, like they get bullied and then, you know, they like turn their lives around and have like a, some kind of blow up. or something. Mm-hmm. I was flipped. Meaning my 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 childhood was quite, I want to be humble about it, but it was quite on the easier side. Mm-hmm. Right? Like parents were great. Um, didn't get bullied. Girls were, yeah, it was just simple for me. And then making friends was simple as well. School was also very simple. Um, but, but here's where the but comes in, is that the, when I was 20 years old, 17 to about 20, I dated this girl. She dumped me, right? I think just before my 20th birthday and that crushed, everything. My heart shattered into like a thousand different pieces. And for the first time ever, I, I recognized what emotional trauma was. It was like, oh. So this is what pain feels like, <laughs> right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then, so I went from someone who was really arrogant to someone who, um, became really, not really, but like quite sensitive. Like I'm sensitive to, to even to lights, mm-hmm. to lights, to music. Uh, I used to host like parties and stuff. Now I can't really, I can't really do it anymore. Um, sensitive to other people. It's like, I can walk into a room and feel the room. Mm-hmm. Right, Like I can feel people's emotions. and this, But this is after. This is after the breakup, after getting dumped, after Urla. So yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay, so if I'm correct, when we were talking before, you were explaining to me how you kind of had two different lives. I so saw how you went from you got everything that you thought you wanted, the girls, the money, the cars, the whatever. But then you realized this isn't it. So do you want to talk to me about that? And then after, maybe talk to me about how that led you to now your second life?
1: Mm, good question, good question. So for me, um, I haven't... So I, I'm still on my trajectory of success. So I haven't, I haven't hit the level of success that I want, right? So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, But I did have a period of my life it's, I mean, most of, most of these guys don't, just, just an FYI, most of these guys don't own these cars, right? Like, we rent them. Yeah. We rent them, just have fun, whatever, whatever, shoot content, etc. And so just to come back to that story, right, what ended up happening was when I was 20, got my heart broken, uh, I went from someone who was super arrogant to now I can feel for the first time, essentially. Right. And then what ended up happening was, well, for me, I recognized, all right, because at that time I had social anxiety, I had depression. I had so much fear, right? I remember being so afraid of talking to people that I was afraid of talking to cashiers. It was that bad. Uh, oh, actually, this is a really good story too. It was so bad to the point where I had uh, a panic attack at the clubs, right? I was clubbing. 20 years old, just started just started clubbing. And then my friends would be like, hey, go, go eat on this girl, go eat on that girl. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. My house boom, 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 boom. Right. Legit had a panic attack at the clubs. I had to leave. I remember going to crossing the street, going to an abandoned building. Right. It was a like an abandoned building, so I went to the second level and I just sat down, like right next to the wall. And I just sat down. Fifteen minutes later my friend calls me. He's like, Yo, where did you go? Blah 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 blah. Where did you go? We're all looking for you. And I told him, I was like, Hey, I've got a panic attack and then he came. It was up. So at that time i was like all right enough is enough how do i fix this and to me i i saw two solutions right either i go for the root problem which is i have a lot of fear i cannot communicate at the moment or i go for a symptom of the root problem which is and the way i saw it was this either i go do um because at the time i saw like public speaking stuff there was i was, I was getting ads about it i was like, oh. That looks like it makes sense. Communication, like, if I can't speak right now, I need to go learn this. Or go to the gym, get jacked. <laughs> and, you know, try to indirectly solve the problem. Um, I s- went for the first one. So I did public speaking workshops. I did improv. I did vocal exercises. I did... I was in groups, basically like, quote-unquote, Toastmasters. Not official Toastmasters, but like, quote-unquote, Toastmasters, where you would have... um public speaking challenges every week like we have challenges every week you didn't do it you get kicked you got kicked out right it was it was that cut through. a year later i again regained my confidence back started partying from about the ages of 21 to about 23 24 i stopped all of that completely cut off my like party friends uh moved out of my hometown obviously this is a period of time this looks six months maybe a year I moved out of my hometown, went to Gold Coast, which is, I don't know if you guys know anything about Gold Coast, but it's, it's a little bit like the, it's kind of, it has like the LA vibes of, of for Australia, Mm. right? So I moved to that. Uh, More specifically because I I had a community there, or I knew a community there that was half spiritual and half wealthy, and that's what I wanted at the time. Mm. I liked the, 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 the. Where you would, you know, go rent cars and shit, or just go do fun stuff and then go to like a breath work and then jump back into the car. <laughs> That's what I liked at the time. So I was like, alright, let's let's go do that. So I found spirituality. And that was the, the pivot between the two lives that you were talking about. So the first life was partying and then taking drugs and um all all on that like style. But I knew that did go wasn't for me. That's junior. You know, you know, it. All right. And how you know it is this thing that I call it like signals, right? Like you have signals. Like it's, it's, think about like a radar, right? It's not loud. It's like a little beep, 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 beep right? It's a signal. And basically what, it, um, basically every time I took drugs, every time I went clubbing, or every time I went out or party, there was a beep within my soul. That I was like, this, this isn't it. You going to get out of this? This is so dirty. It's so dirty ratchet, so you just wouldn't, right? So, but that lasted for like three years before I stopped.
0: Maybe, like, maybe, you know, maybe you guys can relate, maybe you can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, So what, what was it that made you not listen to that for three years?
1: The first thing that comes to mind was I didn't know it any other way meaning I didn't have access to any other way. Right. That resonated with me at, at the very least. Um, and then I had a business coach. Well, I, I saw a business coaches, you know, like, they're like social media stuff at the time. And I was like, oh, it's another way. Right. Mm-hmm. And this coach was, yes, talk to my spirituality, but also taught my wealth. And that's, that's what I
0: wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you, you went through this phase of you were confident and then you became unconfident and then you kind of gained your confidence back started going out again. But then you were really like, this isn't for me. Like, yeah, I I don't belong here. Yeah. So like you are saying, there was that signal and then finally you listened to the signal. What was your first step into spirituality?
1: A really, 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 really good question. For me, it's community. Meaning if you can find... And it's, it's, it's not that difficult, I I say community, but like literally just pay into someone community, like just find someone you like, pay into their community, get into their community, that's it, right? It's, It's not that difficult, but it's, it's, it's literally being in a community and the best is in person, being in a community in person where you can, like the words that they use, like they're talking about, you know, you know, child or they're talking about shadow work or they're talking about modalities or they're talking about NLP or whatever it was. From there, you can actually like start to by osmosis you learn, right? So I started doing like I started going to the events, right? I started doing breath work, I started doing um meditation like TM meditation, which is transcendental meditation, which is what Oprah and Ray Dalio does, right? I started doing the Beatles also did it, like they made it popular back in the day. I started doing like DMT breath work, which is basically breath work to to enhance the TNT within your body and um, DMT. I don't know too much about it. I'm not pro, but... Um, yeah, got into, like, found out about, oh, there's polarity in the divine feminine, divine masculine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, recently, I've come back to more of, like, Christianity. So I have I have a bit of a mix, mm-hmm. right, of, like, Christianity, spirituality, and like, Bushido, which is, like, the way of I'm samurai. but it's, mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. With yeah,
0: okay. So did you grow up Christian? Yeah. I was baptized, but...
1: Um, the, and the big but is, I never considered myself Christian, ever. Mm. Um, and the reason why was, I was like, this is stupid, right? I'm, I'm a very like, intellectual person, or I, I like to think I am. Uh, and I, and I thought, like, I was like, ah, this is, this is, this isn't it. So I would go to like church with my parents or whatever, and I would just be outside. I wouldn't even go in, <laughs> I'd just be outside chilling, just hanging hang with my friends or whatever. Um. So yeah i was baptized but i did that all by force and then essentially as a life kind of unfolded i came back to it oh my alone. am
0: like this is very interesting so do you do you see yourself continue going deeper into christianity going deeper into spirituality or where do you see yourself yeah really good question so for me i recognize
1: so basically over the last i would say six to eight months I tried putting spirituality, business, and relationship all on the same plane, on the same level. It didn't work. It was just too much. It was too much, too much to do, too much to hold, too much to whatever. And there was no um, prioritization. And then what I realized was, oh shit, I need to do this. Basically what it means is I need to put spirituality first and then business and relationship and all of that is second or secondary. Because what I realized is if I'm connected to source. If I'm connected to source, if I'm connected to universe, God, whatever it is, spirit, then I show up to everything literally a hundred times better. So hundred times better. Like it's not linear. Like it's not one or two or three or four or five times better. Like I literally show up as a better son, a better leader, a better entrepreneur, a better boyfriend, a better whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realize, oh, this is who I am at my core. That I am spiritual first, everything else.
0: Wow. So how do you how do you manage that? What does it look like?
1: So for me, I have a um a practice, right? And it changes like it varies. Sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's breath work, sometimes it's uh flow sixteen, sometimes it's other things, right? But I it's typically some sort of practice that I'm doing. Um where Usually it's in the morning, right? And I get that down first. So for the first like half hour, I'm like doing some some sort of practice, right? So that's how I connect back to source or connect back to the universe or God or spirit, whatever it is, before I do anything. If I don't get this done, I'm screwed. Like I just know it, right? I just know I operate from such a lower level state.
0: You're screwed. Because mm-hmm. so it's like, it's like essential for you every single day to connect with that source and then be able to almost bring that source out into your life. Yeah, that's cool. So talk to me about business. Were you always an entrepreneur? Did you get into entrepreneurship? And I was talking about that. Good question, good question. So do you know um, the show
1: Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Do you, you know Mark Cuban? I'm oh, no, sure. All right. So I grew up, so during my high school years, I, I grew up watching that show, Right, Shark Tank. And I read Mark Cuban's book. I think it's like the how to win in the sporting business or something. I read the book. I think in the first like 10 pages, I'm not sure, but probably in the first 10, he said something along the lines of sales. If you learn sales, right, you will never be broke ever in the rest of your life. I'm like 17 at of time. I didn't know any better. Never had a job. Right. I thought, all right. I'll go do that. But my, my, my personality, like I'm very zero or a hundred. Like I'm either super competitive and I'm in all the way or I'm not interested. Right? Like there's no gray zone for, for, for my brain at least. So for me, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want the hardest sales job I can find. So I did door-to-door sales, but it wasn't just door-to-door. So most people that do door-to-door FYI, they're selling some, like they're selling solar or they're selling like pest pest control, whatever it is, something that they can actually sell. I was like, no, 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 too easy. I wanted door-to-door sales extremely hard. So I went door-to-door sales selling charity. But it wasn't just charity donations. It was charity on a contract. So we sold people to donate to a charity on a contract for two years. Direct debit out of their bank account for two years. And that was the sale. Pure commission only, no base. That was my first job. I was like, that is what yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Right. So that's what I did. Uh lasted uh, a couple months. I say lasted because it's brutal brutal right most people last like a week or two and yeah they get fired or they're out right just because it's so hard yeah so did that and then afterwards uh did i did customer service for uber so uber had a like their company headquarters in my hometown adelaide um did that for a little bit like six months and then I mean, standard story rights failed at shipping, shipping, failed at affiliate marketing, I don't know, you can put so many things in that social media agency. Like I, f- I failed at everything. Really. Uh, it wasn't until I got, essentially I became an appointment setter for this, uh, seven figure agency, right? I think they were doing seven figures at the time or multi-semple was one of those. Yeah. So it was a sales and marketing agency. I started as an appointment setter. Um. There was a bit of a learning curve, which I didn't understand. Cause I tried, cause my brain is so like step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. Right. And then I realized, oh, all sales is, is just social skills in a business context. And that's when it clicked, cause I had already mastered, like quote unquote mastered and like got really good at social skills cause I was party, All mm-hmm. right. I recognized how to like read the room. I recognized how to, you know, make people attracted to you or make, like, make, make guys come or make girls come or, you know, into, yeah. Um, that's what I learned. So like, so for example, one of the things in appointment setting, or well, one of the things I say was, is this, is that you want to hold the frame, right? What that means is who has control of the conversation and it's very, and. There's also something called like, uh, I call it personally the hand raiser, right? If you can get people to essentially raise their hand, to be open to you, to, for the conversation, like they're the one on the back foot, then you kind of win, right? Meaning, and how does that apply in a social skill situation? Let's say I'm, I'm at dinner with someone, or let's say I'm, I'm at a dinner with a girl or a guy or, or like a business contact. Actually, let's use, let's use a dating situation. It's, it's a lot more easier to understand. Let's say I'm at dinner with a, with a girl, right? Or with a woman. If she's leaning in more than I'm leaning in, more consistently as well, I'm the one that has more frame over the conversation because she's showing more interest. interests, right? And it's the same thing with any social content, right? If you are the one, chilled, laid back, X, Y, Z, right? Then you have, you have more, oh, you have a little bit more of a burden on you, right? Cause you're not the one more invested, like who's more invested. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's a little bit of a dance, like social skills is a little bit of a dance. Once I understood that, I was like, oh, that's all it is. So I legit took the skills on I knew trailers later that over to business became really good appointment setter. And then I actually became a really good DM closer. What that means is it's not as popular now, but what it is, is instead of hopping on a phone call, you collect cash or mean you make the sale within the within the messaging within messaging which is actually even better than phone call because you never have to hop in a phone call, mm. right got really good at that ended up becoming the sales manager and then became sales director and then became um CEO of the agency all within like 18 months or something by the end of it um I was we were talking about a profit share agreement right between like or four or five partners or something. Um, and we were like four weeks into the process. So we are all all going to be partners. I decided to transition out. All right. I was like, all right. I want to go start my own thing. Um, but yeah, that was the
0: mm. So did you go to university?
1: No, nah, I dropped out three times.
0: <laughs> Why? Good question. Um. So...
1: I did computer science for the first time because I, I, I wanted to be like a tech. I just got really inspired by like Tony Stark and like Iron Man and shit like that. Mm. i was like, all right, I want that. <laughs> so I did computer science. Turns out it wasn't what I thought it was, all right, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then it was like all this coding stuff. And I was like, I didn't get that. Also, yeah, it just wasn't like the people that I, I wanted to surround myself with. So I was like, all right, I'm out. Two weeks later, I was out. And then I did entrepreneurship online. Two weeks later, I was done with that as well. And then I did entrepreneurship in person at like a university, a proper university in- institution. Mm. Two weeks later, I was done with that as well.
0: So what was your problem with entre- entrepreneurship? It's stupid. Yeah. Just,
1: Just go and do the thing. <laughs> I was I was legit learning it. I'm like, this is dumb. Have you created a business? Are you like, actually Ray Dalio says something really, really good. He's like, he has a principle called believable. Right, listen to believable people. Basically what he means is, and he says this within his book, Principles, he goes, someone who is believable is someone who has done the thing successfully more three or more times. If they've done it once, if they've done it twice, they're not yet believable, but if they've done it three, they were trouble. right? Because you can luck your way into once, you can luck your way into twice, but three times, there's probably a really good chance you're good. <clears throat> right? So the people teaching these courses,
0: are you believable? No. Yeah. sweet I'm out. <laughs> right so it was just that 100% no, I totally resonate with that because I was going to go into entrepreneurship program as well but I was like after talking to entrepreneurs and also listening to entrepreneurs I was like it doesn't make sense it makes zero sense like the best way to, is just to do it yeah. and like you'll hear a lot on like podcasts or books or whatever of like successful people saying just start and it's so true but people that haven't started yet it's like it's hard for them to wrap their mind around it but that was the best thing I ever did was just start because then when I started it opened up so many more opportunities in my mind like all these things were there before but since I started and I started to understand things then these opportunities started to present themselves yeah so you you dropped out and then you went on to do door-to-door sales and then actually I did door-to-door sales first
1: when I was 17 Mm -hmm. dropped out during the period or Seventeen to like twenty twenty. Those three years I was just fucking around playing video games, whatever it is.
0: Right. And then you went to work at Uber Customer Service.
1: Yeah, when I was like eighteen.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then you went to work for for this agency as an appointment center and eventually when you worked it. your way up? 24. Okay. And then you were there for how long? Uh I think like eighteen months. Oh uh, that Eighteen months. Yep. So around 25 ish, you decided, okay, this isn't for me. Yeah. And then you, that's when you started your own thing. Uh, technically I wouldn't say it, it wasn't
1: for me. It was for me at the time. Right. Um, because we have, or we all have like a trajectory, like mm-hmm. we all have a timeline, we all have a soul's journey. And then it's what resonates with you at the time. And mm-hmm. all, all you can do is you can, you, you just, for me personally, I have a question that I ask myself and the question is, does this feel true? Right. And then every time I ask myself that, like every time I'm at a folk road, I just ask, does this feel true? Does this feel true or does this feel true? Mm. Right? Or if I'm like, literally throughout the day, I ask myself this a lot and whatever comes up, the instant reaction, yes or no? boom, Yes or no? Which one is the one that I go? Mm. Because when you ask yourself that question, you, you, you're pretty much, like, asking your soul, your, your subconscious, whatever it is. Hey, tell me, give, give me the answers. All
0: right.
1: And now and it's on you to, to follow through. 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about subconscious. So, like, as we, from zero to seven, we're obviously programmed. Yeah. And then from seven to depending on the person their whole life, we run these programs. Um but one of the pivotal points in my journey was to understand that I could be reprogrammed and then actually embarking on the journey of reprogramming myself. Mm. So what was your journey like for that? Did you have to sort of reprogram yourself and how did you do it?
1: Mm, Good question. Good question. For me, how I see a lot of this is just paradigms, Mm. meaning what is the the, what is my worldview around this topic or whatever it is? Like if I have to reprogram, like if something's not working, right, then that means I have to I have to reprogram, right. But it's about what paradigm do I have? Like what is my paradigm around this? And paradigms, all it is is it just consists of worldview, beliefs, um, thoughts, emotions, all all of that stuff, right? Consists of everything, and then it's, it's all into one. And then it's on you to be able to distinguish what is my paradigm around this, right? So for example, if you, if someone wants to start their own business or they want to um, get better with social skills or speaking or writing or whatever it is, right? If I ask them like, Hey, do you believe you can truly do this? Bang! Instantly, the answer that comes out of their head is they either want to feel an emotion or they're going to think a thought or they're going to, something is going to happen. And if you don't, and if you don't believe you can, your emotions or something like basically what's going to happen is your body and mind are going to do do this and you can feel it. You can feel that you're not neutral. Mm -hmm. Right. Anything that's not neutral is essentially you getting triggered Mm -hmm. because you're not neutral.
0: Interesting.
1: Because neutral is stillness. Neutral is you coming out of like stillness and source and truth and... It's calm. Like that is what's true. This is. Mm. Right. So, when you ask someone, hey, do you believe that you can become successful? That's a big one. They're going to they're gonna be triggered when they're going to say, yeah, I can because XYZ did it or X, blah, 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 blah. Just watch. Look at their emotion. Right. So to come back to 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 your question of how do you how do you like change that or expose Abraham was first recognizing am I neutral? When I ask myself these questions, do I truly believe that I can become successful? Am I am I still? And if I am not, something has to change. And the best way that I have found is is evidence. What that means is if you can have if you can have a paradigm break, right? So you essentially need to break your paradigm with evidence, right? So all it is, is you just have to find out, like, you just need one time where it works. And basically, so let's say like you, you haven't signed a client before. Let's say you, um, I don't know, I, I know a lot of guys that are like scared of going on dates or something like that, right? With like more attractive women than they are. It's, it's whatever it is. Cool. All you need to break that paradigm, I'm telling you, all you need to break that paradigm is, is one of them. One of them. And how you do that is, first of all, you see, it's, it's, it's in a sequence of steps, right, at least for, this is how I do it, at the very least, this is how I do it. Is one, I need to accept where, where I currently am, accept who I am with my current skills, weaknesses, strengths, everything, where I currently am, surrounding this thing, right? That's, that's one, so full acceptance. Step two, after you have fully accepted yourself and release all expectation, is to now take the action to do the thing. Just think about it. I actually got this idea from my chain. Genius, genius, genius ideas, right? And and so, so actually think about it. when you accept yourself and re- and release all expectation. Now you give yourself peace, right? And then the action is what actually gets you to the thing. meaning you can get to the thing you can do you can do the action and fully accept yourself for, for for where you are and not even like want to at all and you can still get there by just doing the action or you can have the reverse you can you can really want to be there and have the desire to be there and x y x y z but not do the action and you st- you're still not there so 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 what is it that's actually going to get you there it's the fucking actions that that's, that's going to get you there right so if, If you fully accept this, if you do it in this order, you fully accept yourself, you give yourself peace, and then you take the action. Now you can chill out to actually break the paradigm later on. Now step three is actually, if you take the action over time, you will break the paradigm, right? You will give yourself evidence which breaks the paradigm. The only reason why people are like, so, they can't do it. It's because they're not allowing themselves that peace. What do I mean? One, if you don't do step one of fully accepting yourself for where you are, what happens? You have so much pressure and and internal resistance. No shit, you're not going to take the action. Uh, You know how you said just, just start? Cool. It's the simplest thing, why don't you? Yeah. Internal pressure, internal resistance. So if we just accept it, if we just accept ourselves and not want to change anything, because we're like, oh fuck it. You release the resistance, you release the pressure, and now you can you you now you can take the actions and be at peace and actually do it. Cause now you're just relaxed, you're just chilled.
0: That's interesting. I haven't I don't think I've heard that perspective before and I really I really like that. Cause I did I said just start. But I think it's so true. It's the resistance that we have within ourselves that. Oftentimes, blocks us from from actually doing the thing. So yeah, I think that's really good.
1: I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. I learned this from Mike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, very, very. Or actually, combine a couple of things. I learned the first half from Mike. I learned the second half from Ray Dalio, and then just personal experience to wrap it all together.
0: Mm-hmm. Personal experience is huge. Like I think, it was Alex Ramosi said, confidence is. Having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Yeah. Do you build? Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I say I'm unconfident, and I don't have any evidence. How do I? How do I build that evidence? How about those steps? Yeah. yeah. And the reason why is this
1: is that you don't have the evidence. Mm, cool, but maybe um, you can you can start with like you can do those steps right, where you just accept yourself for who you are and not want to change, which releases all the internal pressure and all the internal resistance, and then you take the action, right, to do the thing. So let's say, um, you're, your let's, let's say someone is unconfident. Unconfident about what? Is it business or, 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 or women or guys? Let's say dating, right? Let's say dating. Let's say they're uncommon about dating. Cool. If you actually think about it, all, all it is, is there's, there's only a couple of things about, about dating that people need to understand. Right? And that, that I mean, I can give away the fundamentals. If you want. Yeah. One of the fundamentals is this. If you're going from a a female to a male, like obviously I don't know male, 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 male dynamic, I have no idea. No idea. But female to male dynamic. For the female to be attracted to the male, right, it's... Okay, he's he's actually a really good example, right? For the female to be attracted to the male, what it is, is one of the, the core fundamentals is his level, the guy's level of non-neediness, meaning the level of how much he does not need anything. He doesn't need validation. He doesn't need approval. He doesn't need her. He doesn't need anything. Right? He doesn't need a card to, like, fill this void. The level of he's non-needy is indirectly proportional. What that means is the more non-needy he is, the more attracted. Right? It's indirectly proportional. No, is it indirectly or directly? No, it's directly proportional. Directly proportional to the level that she is attracted to. Yeah, it's directly proportional. Yeah, I think so. So the level that he's non-needy is the level that she's, at least in terms of energetic attraction or just attractiveness in general. Right? I'm not talking about physical. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm talking about like, is she attracted? So that's one. The The other part is just who you are. Right. Like the other part is who, who am I? If you, if you have a strong, steady sense of self and you are mature, you have very like mature traits and all of those things.
0: Uh Nine numbers. Don't know how we got into this, but yeah. So this, those are the two things. Those, those
1: are the two, two main ones. If you can get those down. Yeah. You're pretty sweet, but it might take you a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially with the first one, because, like, for me, for example, like, I grew up in a house full of girls. Yeah. Right. So I kind of got more feminine energy of like needy chasing type of energy. Right. So it was like I had to unlearn that and it was a complete process. Yeah. Still, still a process now, but that's definitely a process that it takes time. But yeah. Okay. Do you want to know what's interesting? Mm-hmm. Did you have a father figure? Yeah. Cool. Did you have a strong father figure? I don't want to. I don't want to say no, but I don't want to say
1: yes. Okay. Cool. And when you say you grow up in a house full of girls, are you talking about little sisters, older sisters, co- oh, So Little sister, uh, two bigger sisters. Got it. Cool. There's there's something that 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 I say. I mean, this this is anecdotal. Okay. So, it's it's anecdotal. But what I have found is that, at least in this case is don't use it as a negative. Mm. Use it as a positive. Here's what I mean. What I have found for a lot of guys is if you have a younger sister, so I have a younger sister, right? If you have a younger sister, what ends up happening is you end up becoming naturally protective, right? Like, I, I am naturally, like, pretty protective mm. about the the girls I'm around or the, girl I'm, uh, the girls I'm, like, dating or... Let's say we're like going out and let's, let, let's say we even drive to like, we're in Bali, right? And, and have, we even do like a road trip or something and everyone's on their bikes. Car's a little bit different story, but let's say everyone's on their bikes. What ends up happening is typically I'm, I'm probably like at front, like leaning. And here's what I require. I require a co-pilot, someone I trust to be all the way at the back. And then what I do is I put all the women in the middle. Why? It's like a it's like wolf, wolf pack mentality. I need someone so right at the front, I need someone right at the back. If someone is uh, a better, if someone is a better, um, like they have better directions or whatever, or they can contain it better, cool, you be at the front, I'll be at the back. No, no problems. I just need that to go on. <laughs> right? Because there's this natural, natural, like, protective energy within me. Now, that's the younger sister. Now, if you have a older sister, what I have found for guys that have that dynamic is they end up have found that they are naturally good with or they can unnaturally understand women why because think about it like they her like he would interact with, with her older sister she would like bring her friends up friends over right and then you'll like talk to them and you' you'd realize all of these things like they go through cycles and and emotions and etc et etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. so coming back to your case. Of how you say that, oh, I've grown up and I truly have grown up around women on these, like, maybe more f- feminine traits. Dude, flip it. It's just, it's, again, it's the paradigm that, that I mentioned, right? Like, currently you have a paradigm of, I, like, I grew up around women's eye family traits. The fuck? If you f- invert that paradigm and go, oh, I grew up around women, so I understand women. Mm. I understand them. I understand that women require safety. They require emotional safety, physical safety. For it. They require like XYZ, whatever it is that, that you that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Just recognize the, the the
0: paradigms that we have. Thirty percent. I like that. Yeah, because definitely there's two perspectives to everything, or more than two. Oh, there's way more. You can take on any perspective you want. Yeah, perception is your reality. So do you think people can, like, do you know, George Spencer? Yep. So what do you think about like the feeling the reality now and then it coming? Yeah. Like, you like know, like that?
1: I don't know too much about George Spencer's work, so I can't really get into that. Um, but. I can definitely attest to if you can feel, I mean, a lot, a lot of things are just internal, right? Like, there have been so many, there, there have been so many times in my life where the external is great. Yeah. External is great. Either I'm traveling or, or, like, living on a different continent. Um, Yeah, i got a roof over my head, food, whatever it is. Friends, network around the world. And then there's suffering inside. It's you want. So it needs to, it's, it's, it's all the internal. If you can, what, uh, what I have essentially realized actually very recently is, if I can let go, if I can detach my internal world from the external world, I now can be at peace regardless. Yeah. And... I don't know if you, I don't know if your audience can. Um, is your audience on the younger side or older side? Yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for you guys, right? I can understand that maybe this might not resonate as hard because it takes a little bit of life experience. It takes a little bit of obtaining the things that you, that you, that your audience probably already wants. Right. Cars, money, go whatever it is. Yeah. Go get that first. I'm not saying don't. I'm saying yes, do it. So that you can have the capability of, and then once you realize that it's empty, now you go deal with the real shit, which is this, mm. which is the internal world, which is the peace inside of you. You think you can deal with both at the same time? Mm. Here, here's what. Here's why. There is something that do you know who Marcus Singer is? Marcus Singer. So the 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 surrender experiment. Letting go, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So within his work, right, I've, I've, I've been going, going through his work lately and within his work, he goes, you have to have the highest intention. Meaning the reason why I say that, 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 no, you can't deal with both at the same time is because what is the highest intention, right? Meaning what is the North star of whatever it is. So if your North star is a trying to, you know. Become material successful and then getting all these things, or you know, style B, becoming internally successful, completely separate. Thing. Like they don't even they they don't even supplement each other. Actually, it kind of does. If you get this, it's much easier to get this. Yeah.
0: Right. But they, it's 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 a completely different journey, completely different. Yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that because, like, no matter how many times I hear someone say that. Doesn't make you happy and no, I thought I know that. I'm still going for this thing, right? And yeah. It's, it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Rec- recognize so um do you know do you know much about Buddha and, and his story? Not too much, no. Okay. So Buddha was actually a prince. Right. Um Buddha was he he was actually already wealthy and he gave it all up. He gave it all up and then became, you know, who we know as Buddha. My point is this. The reason why I say still go for it, even though like, happiness is not there and not at the end of the the road, is because if you do not, you will always have this like, what if, or you will always have, like, you can't fully go the route B completely if you do not shut off route A. And how you shut it off is just go for it, get the thing, realize it's not what you want, and now you can actually focus on what is important, but you have to go do this first. Yeah. I mean you don't have to, but it's if you all if you already have that inkling, just go do it. Right. It won't take that long. Maybe a year, maybe two, maybe three.
0: And for the rest of your life you're like, oh, I'm good. So uh, I would say that most of my audience definitely wants to go for the the part A. Yeah. So do you have any advice for them on that journey to that to state part A? Yeah. yeah. Cool. My, my my biggest advice here,
1: right? So if, if you want to go for A, which is the material success, the um wealth, X, putting X, Y, Z. My best advice here is always, it starts with identity, right? Like go, go read, uh, cybernetics. go look into identity work, go look into all, all these things. Because if you can alter your identity, if you can alter who you see yourself as, then everything else changes. Right? So it starts there. Once, if you really want like a playbook, I'll go identity first. Second thing I'll go for is paradigms. Third thing I'll go for is, like in, in terms of like studying, right? Study these things, go for it in order, master them in order. After paradigms, meaning do the four steps, break your paradigm to what is required, right? The third thing I would go for is how, how do you portray yourself, right? Meaning how are you communicating? So a really good way to do this is either go learn public speaking or go do improv xyz find out how how you communicate find out how to communicate in a way that portrays yourself how you want to be portrayed right you do either those three things and then you get the the actual skill set of like business or whatever it is or um socializing you're sweet like it's 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 those are the four pillars the four foundations of building anything in a party Mm mm-hmm just easy. But if you don't, if you, if you miss any of these, you're kind of screwed, right? If you try to, you know, get the business, um, get the skills, you know, do the, have the um, paradigm broken X and Z, but you don't feel like, oh, this is who I am.
0: Mm. you're screwed.
1: Yeah. Now, if you have that, you don't have the paradigms. You don't have the proper belief systems. You don't have, you're screwed. You have the skills at the end. You're screwed. Right. So you need all four. And if you can't portray yourself to the world or you can't get clients, you can't I trust people. You kind of trust women. That's quick. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I'm reading Atomic Habits and how the best way to break a habit is by changing your identity first. Identity first. Yeah. Cause it's like, it is like two smokers, right? And one is like, they're both offered a cigarette. Um, oh no, they're, they're two non-smokers, right? They're both offered a cigarette. One says, no, I don't smoke. And then the says, sorry, I'm trying to quit. There's two identities. One's identity is not a smoker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other one is still a smoker. The trying to quit one is going to fall. Correct. But the other one, there's... So-, so, actually,
1: a really good point on that is this. I haven't drank in... in about six months. Mm-hmm. Right. And the reason why is... Which aren't. Even if I and, and here's he's he's a thought that I had in my head recently. I'm like people are like, oh I was six months sober or a year sober, two years sober, three years sober, mate. Like, why the fuck are you counting? <laughs> I didn't get it. And the reason why I didn't get it is is after they're sober, they go and fucking go back to the thing. Hey, what are you doing? Which is why it has to start here. Right. Actually, if you go even deeper, it starts at your face whatever it is, spiritual whatever faith you have, it doesn't matter. If you can have a foundation over that and then build on top of that, because if you can like rely on some sort of higher power, right, and then build on top of that, like you will not, you won't sweat. (laughs) So,
0: talk to me about, about vibrations, because, um, you just, it just came into my head when you said you're quitting drinking and I just thought, I'm like drinking as you a low vibrational activity, Get it is. So yeah, talk to me about like vibrations, how to raise your vibration, what vibrations actually are, because I'm sure people watching this are like, don't believe in it, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is literally science. But anyways, t- tell me what vibrations are and how to raise them. We got a real, really good question.
1: Okay. So for anyone that doesn't believe in vibrations, um, what I would advise for you for you right so I'm now now I'm speaking sp- specifically so what I would advise for you is to go look into all you require is a paradigm break right but it, it's not going to if you want it to be true in it, it's not going to happen all at once what's and it's going to be over time right so if you actually want to learn about vibration and and get into all of this stuff, I would start with like reading, you know, Joe Dispenza mm. or, um, literally just Google Vibration on YouTube. Go Tractor. Yeah. broad Proctor or like go watch a couple of these videos, find someone you resonate with and study and just watch the videos. I'm not even saying studying tech notes. I'm just saying, watch the videos, right. And then get the inputs into your brain. Let that cement it. eventually. You will now have a, you will have a paradigm break eventually, right? Now, if we're going into vibrations and state and all that, so for me, right, at least this is this is my um, experience anecdotal anecdotal experience is it can all be summed up within state. Like, what is my state? And the easiest way because I'm I'm actually an intellectual first, right? I, I like went into this world after so I'm not I'm not hippy dippy you know and then I kind of like starting from the word no 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 I came in after so how you can actually understand it is this go go search up the um, the map of consciousness or the scale of consciousness legit every single emotion can be tracked every emotion can be tracked guilt shame fear right courage you know love joy etc etc it can be tracked to a, to a number, to a frequency. And your state is just what state are you in, like which one? So if you want to simplify it down and you want the science, this is it, just look up map of consciousness, look up scale of consciousness, find out, oh, it can be tracked. And then realize within yourself, oh, I mean, this is going to take time, right? This is going to take self-awareness. This is going to take discernment to realize, hey, what where am I at? Like, what am I experiencing? What is the main emotion that I'm currently experiencing? Whatever that emotion is, that is your state. That is your
0: that is your current vibration. Do you think that like food, routine, or any of these things have acted on it? For sure, yeah. Okay, so what? How, how do you play on that? So,
1: all right, for me. It's all about how do I f- feel in terms of this, in terms of this, right? Not in business. That's, that's a complete whole other story, but in terms of this, it's about how do I feel? So today I signed up for obviously, you know, um, I mean, you guys wouldn't know, but uh, here in Bali, there's this gym with this wellness spot called Nirvana,
0: mm.
1: right? Now it's not exactly cheap, mm. right? It's not, I mean, compared to like the other gyms. Yeah. It's like top notch. But like, I don't care. And the reason why is I f- feel good when I'm there. Like, my state is higher. The food is cleaner. They're not cooking with stupid seed oils and, and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, when you're talking about food, when you're talking about routine, when you're talking about all these things, yeah. All of it is just so... It's, it's, it's legit what I mentioned before. What is actually, what is the real shit? It's, it's here. So if I can increase the internal world, how I feel inside, why wouldn't I wouldn't. Because that is your true reality. What do I mean by true, true reality? It's, I don't know if, I don't know if you, I mean, actually, probably most of everyone has experienced it, where everything around them is actually okay, right? You're probably at home chilling, you've got a riffle over your head, got food. Friends, you're not in immediate danger, but for some reason you're suffering. Which one's your true reality? Tell me. Is it the suffering, or was it this? You you're suffering. Yeah. So if you can write, if you can like, I mean, if you go in map of consciousness, what am I feeling, and then make that go go greater, by you know eating proper food, by looking after yourself, by routine, by training, by um, intellectually stimulating your mind being around good people not being around goddamn energy vampires why wouldn't you I don't understand yeah.
0: I feel like people they don't they don't necessarily they're not conscious of they're not aware of it in the reality or how much it actually plays into the reality or like yeah I think yeah I don't know why people wouldn't without a pet.
1: They haven't been trained. Right. So most 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 humans, actually all humans, learn from environment. Here's what I mean. If you take a if you take a human baby in 2023, you you, you let's say you're playing God, right? You take a human baby in 2023, you take this baby, you know, you go reverse back. Change right, rewind time. Reverse back ten years, hundred years, right? Two thousand years. Now, shit, let's let's go two thousand years. You put that baby down in two thousand and then you take a baby from two thousand years ago and then you go back forward in time and you put it down in twenty twenty two. What's gonna end up happening is that baby is going to grow up exactly like their environment. There's gonna be no difference. Not even ed- evolutionary difference, because that's not enough to so there's, there's, there's no difference. Okay, cool. What does that tell me? Essentially, people learn from their environment. And the reason why most people don't pull weight on, on inner world or, you know, on having peace, on having calmness, on raising their vibration, raising their state, all of these things, is because the environment doesn't care.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why. It's very obvious, it's very clear. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think I can really resonate with that because last summer I moved out of my hometown and that was like incredible for me. New environment, like everything was basically selected in my favor of like, okay, I do this, eat this, everything, right? And I did really well. And then I moved back home and it was like everything grew back to normal. Oh. Yeah. And then I moved to Bali and it was, again, back up and just like talk about more in depth on environments. Like if I didn't move here, then I would have the same business, but it wouldn't be doing the same thing simply because of the people that I met, the ideas that they gave me or something they said that made me get, get an idea. And just like everything about the environment is like conducive for, I think, success, like in business personally, everything. It's like environment is insanely huge and that goes with people too. Right.
1: Yeah. I is everything. For everything I I tell people all the time and um I had a coaching business at one put. And I and I I told my, my my student that I was like, Hey, you cannot out your environment. Doesn't know how hard you fucking try. You cannot outwit your environment. No one. If there is someone on earth that can outwit their environment, goddamn, they they are fucking David Goggins or like, they're just a beast, you know. But ninety nine point nine 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 percent of human beings cannot their environment. So why set yourself? Why why play poker with shit? If you can choose your hand, like legit choosing your environment is choosing your hand. Right? Why would I choose a two seven offsuit? Why would not I choose pocket aces? So if you can choose the best hand, which is choosing your moment, you set yourself up for higher odds. Obviously, a lot of life is 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 at least how I I see it, is like probability. Mm. Right? Like you can't like nothing is for certain, but I can dramatically reduce the probability or dramatically increase the probability. Oh, whatever the hell I want. Right. Really? So okay, a really good example is this. For me, if I wanted to get into let's say private equity or I wanted to actually no, let's let's say I wanted to get into like a silicon Valley startup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to get into that world. Cool. How do I dramatically reduce the probability of me getting into that world? It's quite obvious. What is it?
0: Not go there. No good. Yeah. Right, and then how do you dramatically increase the probability? Go there, go to cafes, do mm-hmm. it. yeah, yeah, and it's also. By the
1: way, it's the same thing with everything. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to date a certain type of, you know, person or girl or guy, whatever it is, you just have to think. All right, where would these people go? What kind of what kind of values do they have? What places are conducive for this thing, and has this value? Right. A really good, a really good thing is uh, actually, so in Bali, there's this place called like Istana. It's in Uluwatu, an hour from here, right? Now, it's a biohacking haven. Everyone there, typically, everyone that typically goes in is like fairly attractive, okay. right? And everyone's into health. Cool. So if I was into health, I wanted attractive people. I wanted to get to know, X Ex- it? I would go there. Or, or if I wanted to like get into old money or whatever, I would go learn gold. Yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. But it's it's about probability, and if you if you think about about it in that manner, it
0: just makes everything a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It's true, and I'm also reading um, Neval book, yeah. good book, and he's talking about luck and how you can just you can one you can just get lucky, win lottery, right? Two is you, uh, you work to get lucky, so you, you're hustling, you're. You're, and then the luck just yeah. you know it finds you I think the third one is that you become so good at what you're doing that the, the luck finds you as well so like for example you, you, you spend your life becoming the best diver in the world and you know you're the best diver but then the luck that comes is someone finds a treasure in the ocean and they come to you for it now their luck is your luck Um and I think yes like kind of back to what you're saying is like you can can engineer instincts things. And at
1: like most, most, anything can be, can be engineered, but not in, not in the way that most people think. And what I mean is this, most people are like, oh, like if I do, how do I guarantee XYZ? I'm like, I want to tell you straight up, you can't. Right. The only thing that's guaranteed is what? Death, taxes, if you're living in like civilization. Yeah. And then probably, I don't know, I don't I don't know. Right. There's there's one more, but I forgot. Um, but those are, those, those are the things I guarantee. Everything else is just a probability game. (laughs) What I mean is if you you can, but you can go backwards, right? You go, Hey, this is the life I want. This is the business I want to create. This is the type of person I want to date. This is the type of network I want to be around with. Cool. Split them up. Now. What are their values? Where are these people? XYZ, blah, 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 blah. blah be, be in that same environment. Now you increase the
0: probability dramatically of having the same thing. Or meeting these people. 100%. It's like guys will want a boy or girlfriend, but then they'll meet the girl that they're dating in the club. It's like. Dates. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. I'm like. <laughs> They just start going to libraries more. Maybe <laughs> some girls. Um, okay, I think I think we could, could wrap things up here, but I want to ask you one last question. Yeah, good one. So if your younger self were sitting right in front of you, what advice would you give to them?
1: For me, if I had realized that my foundation is spirituality first, and then everything else goes beneath that. And then I would have had a much easier time with my life and less suffering. Because what caused a lot of suffering was chasing all of these things. Or try like, just not listening to into the voice, whatever it is. That's what caused a lot of suffering. Right? So. And, but, for, for... That's my personal advice, but how you can actually just find your core is this: is just look at. So, if if you want to find your core, or if the audience wants to find their core, is all you have to look at is is going back to the point that I said at the at the beginning, which is signals, right? Like imagine a radar, a radar goes beep, beep, right, and that's that's, and a really good way to do that is to just look at signals. Is go back on your journals, go back on your notes, go go see what are things that you have said that you are wanted to do for years right go go see that oh shit I had that idea five years ago and then you would see that, that that's a signal that's basically your soul wanting something if it's consistent right because it's it's not your wants and desires going like this if it's consistent and it's the same thing that you're writing it's your soul telling you very likely there's a high probability that your soul is telling you. it's a message so for me, in my realisation was, oh, my signal at least was spirituality. If I can get this correct, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. It has.
0: So like Pat, yeah. thank you, brother. You're welcome. I'll see you guys next time.